Hello, hello, and welcome to Review 2. This time we're Review 2-ing Bono's Playlist, 60 Songs That Saved My Life. Have you listened to all of these, then? It's glorious. What a tune. It's probably his best song. There's so many things wrong with that. There's a nice humility to that. Dear lads. Dear Bono. Don't agonise, organise. Hello and welcome to another edition of Review 2, the U2 podcast. You're here with myself, Tyler, and Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello. So today we are going to be doing something a little bit different, but something that I think will resonate with a lot of you, uh, particularly those of you that interact with U2 on on the website and through Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Johnny, would you like to talk us through what we're going to do today? So... It's no secret that Bono has released his 60 songs that apparently saved his life. Uh, possibly being a bit over the top there, but there's a lot more of that to come in this podcast, I imagine, as we as we re- sift through some of Bono's comments. So what's the point in this podcast? What are we doing? Well, A, it's a pat on the back for us, a validation in, in a way, because it seems like our tumble journey has been going on the right track. So if you're not aware and you only listen to the Review 2 episodes, we have been reviewing other albums, music that you might like, if you like you too. And I was happy, sort of pleasantly, I mean, I'm being sort of mock arrogant here, but I'm, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see so many of the artists that we've talked about and that we're considering to do on Tummel in that playlist. Was was that something you enjoyed as well, Tyler? How do you mean? Well, for example, as soon as I look through that playlist, I'm thinking, yes, Simple Minds and, the, you know, the songs that we picked. And yeah, I yes, think it, you know, this it, one I think it's one. proof Daft that Punk, Bono listens to, yeah, yeah, Bono listens to Tummel. You know, I, I, I doubt he'd have heard of many of those bands or artists before we covered them. How would he have ever heard of Kraftwerk without us? It's been useful in that way. But also, I think this, and for most fans, this is the most exciting thing. This is an audio landscape, a sort of oral history, an insight into the collage of sounds and moods that Bono and you 2 continue to draw upon, that they go back to and find inspiration in. And it's... It's nice to have them all in one place and curated by Bono. I know none of these songs, or a lot of these songs are not going to come as a surprise to a lot of people. However, I think it's really nice to have this officialized portrait, the 60 songs, which when you have listened to them, and I've not listened to them all in one sitting because that would take a long time, but, well, four hours, 26 minutes, which is it's far too long for me anyway. But after I'd finished going through this, I felt like I had a more clear understanding about where different eras and different parts of you 2 sound have come from in the past and maybe where they'll go in the future as well. Yeah, that that's certainly interesting. It, it could be uh, seen as spoilers for the future or a roadmap to the sounds of you 2 or mm. the lyrics of you 2 Well, yeah, not just, yeah, I guess the lyrics as well and not, not just the, the sounds and the lyrics, but the concerns and the themes and the topics and, I think the, there's themes that go all the way through this playlist which are very, very clear. I'll give you uh, the big man's introduction anyways. This is what he says on the um, on the actual songs on, on Spotify. These songs saved my life. The ones I couldn't have lived without. The ones that got me from there to here, naught to 60. Through all the scrapes, serious and silly, and the joy, mostly joy. I wanted to thank these artists to try and explain my fascination. So here are some fan letters. And that's basically what Bono's saying. Annoyingly, and this is a spoiler for later on in the in the episode, Tyler and I at the end of the episode are going to share our p- 
pretty brief fan letters. I know a lot of people have been doing these and we thought, what better place to do it than on the actual podcast? I annoyingly thought I was being original by really focusing on that idea of joy, but I, I really don't think I am. So uh, so if, if, if that comes up later on, um, I didn't intentionally steal off Bono, but now I look like a prawn. So there we go. <laughs> Uh, speaking of animals, I hear you've got a new dog. <laughs> I don't have a new dog yet, uh, but I will be getting one at some point soon in a when it becomes socially responsible enough for me to, to do so. And uh, maybe I'll even post a little picture of um, of the little pup on our Twitter feed at some point, although I don't know when <laughs> when this episode is going to come out or, or when the dog will arrive. So uh, people can keep posted for that. Fair enough. Uh, right, so do you want to do this in in any order? or I think we'll go through it in the order in which it's written on the website and the Spotify playlist. I think that makes most sense. And also, I think it's, it's important to state right up front, the playlist is four hours, 26 minutes long. When we go off on an album that's got 12 tracks, we often creep over the hour and a half mark. So we are not going to re- review all of these 60 songs because that would be tedious and even less informed than usual so we're just gonna breeze through and have a chat about them really and we'll probably be talking about artists that resonate more with us this is a very diverse playlist um there's artists in here the majority of which i've heard some some new ones or just some surprising ones that i've forgotten about but i think we'll probably just go through and it'll be a bit ramshackle but there we go okay so do you want to pick the first song that we look at yeah, I think I think as as we as we go through, we'll we'll have a look. Um, let's just skip past the Sex Pistols. Brilliant, good. I, you see, I didn't know if you were going to skip the Sex Pistols because I know you don't particularly care for the Sex Pistols. But this is Bono. Mm. You're ignoring Bono's opinion on the Sex Pistols. Surely, if anybody can persuade you otherwise of your mm. opinion, surely it's Bono. Well, I mean, don't call me Shirley, but um, I actually did give this a re-listen. Um, and I've got to admit, Anarchy in the UK is a good song. It is a, it's a solid gold song. It's very well composed. It's so well produced. It captures a moment. I just don't. I think I just don't like Johnny Rotten, and that's my that's my cross, and I'll bear it. Well, but I, yeah, it's it's a good song, and you can see the importance of it to to Bonnie. You can imagine this absolutely lighting a fire under someone younger. This is this is interesting for me. Like, so all it takes for you to to <laughs> change colours. Is one little letter from Bono? Is that really? Is that the strength of your conviction, Johnny? Uh, well, I don't think. I think someone who is willing to change, be like the reed, not the oak. That's an important, um, an important phrase to me, and something that I I try to stick by. Yeah. So, so Sex Pistols is in there, and maybe maybe we could talk about some of the punk influences then, if we're talking about the Pistols. So the the first thing that I noticed was. Obviously, we've got The Clash and The Ramones. And interestingly represented, normally, and a lot of people have, have, have mentioned that, yes, these are good bands, but Bono tended to go Route 1 on that. I don't really have a problem with that because sometimes the biggest songs are just the ones did, that stick with did you. He, did he go Route 1? I mean, like you look at our... Even, even though we like a lot of the same music, our take on music and the bands we like is quite different. And 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 I think there are some. I didn't expect Bono to have a Kanye West track in there, unless he's trying to appeal cooler than he is. I think the I think the more recent albums bear that out though, because you can hear Kanye um, his influence on things like 
I don't like the most like the the more more raw sort of songs. I'm glad that Bono's not trying to start moonlighting as a rapper because that wouldn't work. But you can tell with his influence from Kanye and the work Get he's been up, doing with Kendrick up, Lamar. Stand up for your life. Get well, up, yeah. stand up. Uh, go on. With songs like American Soul, it's not that surprising now that he's actually wearing these influences on his sleeves. But there, there has been a, a, a crossover, not necessarily that's led to anything changing much in U2's own music. But, I mean, Public Enemy, they go back to the 90s when they were playing on the same stage for zoo tvs and and various things so it, it does make sense and as bono acknowledges throughout all the letters rock and roll comes from that black music tradition doesn't it it comes from blues and gospel and protest and that's where that that energy comes from yeah i think i'm just biased towards uh or against kanye west um having yeah. done nothing of musical merit since graduation uh <laughs> And I have I have friends, good friends. Uh, one of us who was talking, to, uh, one of them who was talking to us on Twitter recently, Chris Brennan, and he um, loves Kanye. He thinks he's a genius. He just he thinks you know this is the start of something new, and I just can't see it. I just uh, someone someone needs to show me what I'm missing with that one. And I have tried with Kanye. Have you tried with Kanye at all? I did a while ago with graduation actually and liked it and then i got turned off him because of a his trump support and b just the just the weird crap he was doing um but black skinhead is a great song and I, i'm i've that might be an inroad to me getting back into kanye to be honest because i really did enjoy that do you know and what that album a, it's on uh it's on yeezus i've heard it then and it, it clearly didn't make an impression well it's bono's third track that saved his life I need more description or evidence as to how it saved his life. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we've, we've, we're going to be, he's going to be relatively metaphorical throughout this. And I did enjoy, I, I thought this was a, an interesting list and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the letters more than the playlist itself because I mean, I don't need to hear, I, w- I want to hold your hand yet one more time. So I, I enjoyed just having that, enjoyable read through of his letters and hearing his voice and seeing that it's it's not changed that much as i put on twitter it's that mix of the of the big broad expansive bonoisms but also some nice perceptive comments and his way with words is is good i think yeah i I mean i was thinking about this because he writes like a fictional character it's kind of like receiving a letter receiving a letter from bono would be like receiving a, a letter from albus dumbledore that's almost how it reads. It's it's like when he's writing, he doesn't have one foot in reality anymore, and he's he's yeah. being completely himself, and he's uh he's he's not too bothered about uh, insecurities or how it might seem to other people. Like imagine some of these people receiving these letters, like Billy Eilish or Eilish, however you pronounce it, like receiving this letter must have been like, oh great, I've got this this letter from this sixty year old man you know yeah 60 year old legend though i think i think she'd probably be quite happy thinking well my um my demographic has just broadened out a little bit which is nice i mean obviously she's doing very very well for herself on her own but it can't be bad to have bono sing your praises at that age no but do you not get the, get that feeling that it, it's almost like this is a fictional character writing these letters they, they... I, I think there's always that facade with bono isn't there there's, um... but i also think there's a lot of heart and honesty in them 
Yeah, something is. Yeah, yes, I agree. But because he's being so himself, uh, it's it's kind of like um, we have to force a, a, a filter on him to see him that way. Because if someone if someone sat next to you in the pub and just started waxing lyrical mm. in the way that Bono does in the, it, it do, it doesn't seem genuine. And I know Bono's being very genuine, but it's. Uh, it must be quite weird to receive a letter from someone who's being so innately themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe this is the sort of... I mean, obviously, he's crafted these letters and taken a lot of time with them. But it's it's. I think these are just him putting things down that he's felt for a long time and getting out there. And it's. I, I think it's a really nice thing to do. On the um on the Ramones one, for example, "Swallow My Pride." Did you did you listen to um to all of the songs at some point then? No, of course I didn't. <laughs> wow, what a fan! Um, what, what a well, fan! Oh come on, four four hours, whatever. What what else are you doing? I've, I've I've been listening to a lot of Harry Potter and stuff. <laughs> no wonder you mentioned Dumbledore. Um, well, anyway, if you've not, then listen to that Ramones song, uh, Swallow My Pride, because you would think, given the fact that it's Ramones, you'd think, okay, Blitzkrieg Bop or something like that, or one of the one of the more obvious songs. But Swallow My Pride is, is a great song, not really that well-known. And this is what Bono's got to say about this. He says, this is a sound of liberation f- through humiliation. These songs are so simple, I'm thinking, maybe I can play them, maybe I can write them. So they became my liberation too. Of course, I didn't know that to be this simple was going to be so complicated, but without you, I wouldn't have started down the road of a writer. And then, Joey, you lent me your voice. It's, it hardly seems enough to say thanks for that. And I think that's uh, that's one of the, the quotes that I really liked, that idea of the, the, the simplicity. We might have talked about this a little bit on the punk episode um, or episodes when we were talking about Ramones and The Clash, but that idea that you can create something so incredibly compelling that's just a few chords really yeah that that is really nice you know yeah because i think when you meet your heroes or when you you interact with your heroes if you're lucky enough the one thing you want to say is thank you yeah Um, the only thing you really can say isn't it well yeah but you know the temptation is always to try and be interesting and and quirky and memorable Mm. um and we we've talked before about you know if we, if we met you two first of all I want them to like me that's oh what's God. most you know that's but that, being that's being going honest, down a bad route already but being genuine and, and honest about it the first thing you want them to because because these people mean so much to much to you and the same for the Ramones with Bono and the Clash for Bono uh, but yeah. you, you want them to like you if you could take that bit out of it then you'd probably have quite an, a nice interaction with with whatever celeb but i when uh, whenever i have met my uh, pitiful list of celebrities that i that i've met, i am i am consumed with i want them to like me as much as i like them did you get anthony hopkins to like you no he terrified the hell out of me i uh, needed to be taken for a cheesecake because my brain wasn't working i needed an injection of sugar or or something cuz it's really strange meeting someone like Anthony Hopkins, who's got this this character as a you know this this master villain, this uh, evil figure. And when you when you see that someone like that in the street, because it's so rare, 
you don't see Anthony Hopkins walking towards you. You see Hannibal Lecter walking towards you, and it scares you. It really, mm. he, it, it, it does scare you because it's so unexpected. You're as likely almost to meet Hannibal Lecter as you are to meet Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um... But what I was going to say is yeah. that writing a letter and being so overflowing with emotion and nicety and sentiment might actually be a way to get around that. You know, you get to say what you feel about said person or said song, but you don't have the embarrassment of being right there as you're saying it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way of, of doing it. I mean, I when I read the little thing that I've got later on, it's something that it would it would be just weird and embarrassing and too intense to say to someone face to face. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Would be wonderful though if if we we could genuinely be that honest with each other. I mean, you know, the many many letters you've written to me over the years. Mm. Um, oh, Tyler, your buns are so hot. Uh, yeah, is that when you were doing your little bakery course? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, just just little snippets. Um, but let's do a deep dive on one of these. Uh, I re- I really like that that Ramones one. Also, I think you two and the Ramones should somehow do a mashup uh, called. Ramones, swallow my pride in the name of love. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, be quite interesting. Go on then. So, what, which one are you are you interested in talking about? There's little snippets that I've I've noticed. Like, obviously, we've talked about the Clash a lot, but I, I like just a couple of lines, like the fact that Bono said, "Someone once said, just seeing the Clash walk down the street could change your life," and that's that's a that's a great quote. He's got some nice little snippets in here. But which one did you want to talk about? The one I found really interesting, uh, I, and I think it it. it uh, it really grabbed my attention because it's the first image on the website, um, but it's the the Elton John one. Um, yeah, which is Bono seems to play with with metaphor and simile in a way that I can't really. I don't, I don't really know what he's on about. But a song like Daniel, which is so middle of the road, great song, and um, I don't know how many of our listeners will be interested in doing a deep dive on Elton John, but uh, that that came out wrong um in in terms of just going away and listening to a lot of his music i did this a couple of years ago and was just didn't expect to be bouncing and dancing along for the entirety of of the the compilation it's well, watch, uh, watch rocket man then I've, I've watched rocket man i thought it was very good um yeah i thought it was good as well uh but it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of interesting to hear bono talk about a song that we all know so well well, I mean, that's most of this list, to be honest. I mean, Ruby Tuesday, Heartbreak Hotel, Hurt. Uh, oh yeah, I want to do Hurt in a bit, but let's let's focus on uh, um, on Elton John. Do you want to do you want to read it out, Johnny? Well, I'm not reading out all of it. What 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 bits do you find interesting? Because you've I've not actually marked that one as one that that's that's particularly interesting to me. So, what bit are you interested in? Well, I find I'll, I'll read it. I can't be bothered reading though today, if I'm honest. Um, it's, I'm very hot in, here in my office in Wigan. Uh, hopefully lockdown won't last much longer because I need to see you and have an ice cream. Is that ice cream van coming around again today? Um, probably, probably. Uh, luckily, I managed. To, it didn't. It didn't manage to interrupt anything particularly important in the James podcast. Um, we we must have the podcast with the most inadvertent ice cream van jingles. It's probably up there, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, dear Elton and Bernie, of all people, you both know sometimes songs are not what they were meant to mean, but rather what they need to mean to someone. Now, I really like that. That that's, and I, I and I was reading that, going, is that a blanket statement? You know, for songs. Yeah, I think so. I think, and that definitely holds true for 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 you two's own songs as well, doesn't it? Um, like you, you've, you've, they tend to mean something different at different points in your life. Who knows? Maybe we'll go back to some of the old ones that we've dismissed these days and find new depths and stuff in them. Well, Bono is being quite humble though because he's kind of disregarding whatever he says afterwards. Because it, it, you know, songs can mean anything to it. It's, so it does. The meaning I'm going to put on onto it might be might be complete drivel. But this is what I think. You know. Yeah, well, good. Uh, that's, so, again, humble. That's, that's, yeah, which there's is a, a nice thing. humility to that, which yeah. is which is very interesting, and, and and in contrast to the way a lot of people feel about Bono, even some U2 fans. But it's yeah. this bit that I don't really understand. I was 14 in a foxhole in Vietnam and fighting with my brother Norman at the time. It, now, I don't get the imagery or the simile, though, well, it's um, it's, not, it's a metaphor, not simile, because there's no like or as. Um, oh, shut up, Jonathan. <laughs> um, I think it's what he, he's talking about. I think he's, I mean, it's Bono, so he's got a license to use imagery and exaggeration a little bit. But I think he's talking about the situation following his following his his mother dying and the fallout from that, and just how desperate and difficult it was. It's the, it's the Vietnam reference that I specifically don't get. Is there nothing in the song Daniel about Vietnam? I don't know. Well, we've maybe not we've it. not covered Elton on Tumble yet. Uh, no, I I don't I don't know about that one. Um, I'm really not sure. You can you can let us know if you want on Twitter, uh, fans, um, or maybe we could just do a little bit of basic research on it. But at I'm Rev not... underscore U two. Mm. Yeah, but I, I don't know. But I did like the, the the Daniel one really really grabbed me because it's such a well known song, uh, and this is such a personal take. As he says, everybody's will be a personal take. But it's um, considering how much we know about Bono's biography and, and 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 story, it was just interesting that Vietnam was the one he went for. You know, he he sums it up with you know saying it was a kind of civil war uh, yeah. between him and his brother, and everybody can understand those uh, sibling rivalries and relationships and sibling love i suppose um but it's uh, that vietnam thing just really just really grabbed me that that seems quite violent in a way well maybe i mean maybe maybe it's exaggeration maybe it's something to do with the song daniel which i mean i i know the tune of but i've not really thought much about the lyrics or anything and maybe it's just that at that time when when he was fighting with with Norman that the conflict that was in his mind or was in the recent history you know in the recent past the most easily the most easy to access you know as some might say writing in 2010 might look back to Iraq or something like that or another conflict of that kind maybe that's just why does Norman still have his um his restaurant in Dublin <laughs> I have no idea hmm I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going there, that's all. Uh, welcome to the Northside Festival, um, September 25th to 27th. Um, mm. Is when I'm next there, hopefully. Uh, so, this actually, another another artist that made me... That, that Sorry, 
another artist that Bono's Letters actually made me reconsider was Billie Eilish, and I really like this Everything I Wanted song, despite the needless use of um, or lack of capitals. I don't understand this this trend for lack of capitalization. It really irritates me. Um, I know I sound about a million years old there, but I just I hate purposefully like it's not cool to get grammar wrong is what i'm saying <laughs> it isn't big it isn't clever oh god that's a twitter poll okay uh who, who who's right billy eilish or uh, billy eilish or johnny um it, it, grammar doesn't matter unless it's an essay it doesn't matter no but but the thing is it's being used for a particular effect there and it's just like a it's not original lots of people have done this before but I just find it a bit like, just a bit childish. I, like everything I with a with a dot wanted. Oh, the, you know, you too did something similar on the uh, Innocence and Experience store on the Experience and Innocence store. Well, I was you know I, was, I hit the roof when I first saw that. Um, but anyway, back on the back on the positive side, I really like this Billie Eilish song, and I will try to. I'm, I'm going to go and listen to more of her stuff because I, I did really enjoy that, and and Phineas as well. It's, it's a bit mean to to count him out of that because he's obviously such a big part of the sound. But I presume you're already aware of this song and liked it already. Everything I wanted. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, she's um, there's it's it's I get a bit uncomfortable talking about Billie uh, Eilish because she's so young and she is young and she's probably you know the same age you two were when they set out and that just that just shows you how young they were. Um. To have so much success so early on, and she seems have... to be very mature, though. I don't think she's going to do a Macaulay Culkin or anything. No, she has a lot of potential to be truly great, and you kind of want to just keep an eye on it, you know, just to, just to see. But that there are so many tragedies. In uh, in pop's past or rock's past, where it did go all wrong, and you kind of I, so I'm kind of in her corner, and I'm hoping she does really well. Um, but in a way, Billy uh, Eilish makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable like that. But I think it is great when someone like uh, like Bono will reach out to you when you, you you know early on in your career and go, "I'm really enjoying what you're doing." And it's genuine. He's not just saying it. You know, it's genuine. Well, yeah. I mean, the the thing that I really liked about that the the letter to to her was, um, he says, "My ears long for such empty spaces to wander, to sneak away from the density of digital surfaces with too much information." And I think that's a, a really good way of summing up this song. I, I've probably said a million times on this podcast that I, I like it when there is space left. You know, when people don't muddy things up with with too much, too much unnecessary stuff i mean it's obviously nice when you two go over the top on in a zeroperish sort of way but i love things like into the heart or promenade where there's just quiet spaces and you know time rather than it having to be right here's the next bit here's the next overly produced bit of the song so i think that bit really resonated with me and that's what i like about these letters you read them and you don't just enjoy thinking about, oh, that's cool that he likes that. You think, ah, I get why you like that, and I can tie that back to stuff that you've done. Yeah, even I mean, even in the seventies, you know, or eighties. Just the the middle part of the quote that you didn't read out. Uh, I step inside your song, and it's a black beauty, achingly awesome, vulnerable, and terrifying, fearless and worrisome. But you're not worried by it at all. Mm. I love that. 
and I, I and I think do you remember when I first showed you uh Billy uh Billy Eilish? Uh no. It would have been a year ago ish. That's that's um, not that's not gonna change my, my recollection of it. You liked it, you were interested in it and because I showed you the videos which were kind of uh in a way horror. Um Oh yeah, and, I remember the videos now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you and you like and you like them, and I, and I think it is that as soon as you watch uh, someone from Billie Eilish, it seems different. Even if you've seen something like it a million times before, there's something new about her. I think there's definitely a, a uniqueness and an originality to her, and also a savviness and a directness about body image, which I really think is great. I just I've I've not been grabbed by the stuff as much as as this, and I'll I'll give it another go and see what I thought. And I I just I was really turned off by that um, Bond theme, which I just thought was rubbish. Um, yeah, we're not talking about that until November. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm getting worried about that film, but let's not let's not let's not start talking about that. It might be no. great and hopefully better than Spectre, which was a big pile of poo. Um, right. So what other things do we want to talk about? I thought it was interesting that we've got um we got John Lennon's uh, mother on here which you can obviously see that that was a huge influence on songs like Mofo and there's a big there's a big crossover between John Lennon and his troubled past with with uh, maternal figures and, and Bono's early bereavement. It's funny as well though that you know how he he writes that on the letters and sometimes he doesn't address them to the actual people who wrote them so it's not like every single letter is you know dear rolling stones or dear john he says dear julian to to julian lennon because presumably that's who he's written this letter to but he's not included one of his songs well would you no i wouldn't but i just think it's sort of kind of taking the mick a little bit it's like going do you know who was a great artist your dad He's so good. I've written not one but two letters about you know stuff he's done because there's the Beatles one in here as well. And Julian's probably reading this thinking, "You're not you're not bothered listening to any of any of my music." But then, you know, I, I think I think I think Julian knows his place. What I yeah. really liked about that John Lennon letter um, <laughs> is halfway through, uh, I loved Paul and Linda McCartney's album Realm at age twelve. Um, which I I find really funny that he would mention that as well. Why not? A, why not? Julian's going to be furious. Yeah. Why not just a huge outpouring of of love for for John and even uh, and yes, Ringo's version of "With a Little Help from My Friends" is still my favorite. It's like okay, hi Julian. Uh, mm. Really wasn't a huge fan of your dad, but the the rest of the Beatles, how great were they? Yeah. <laughs> I, what do you think about this tendency Von has got to... He's written all these things in capitals. You know, the name when it comes to like, the actual names of the songs, he writes them in big capitals. Well, at least he has a style. Yeah. He's not, he's not breaking his own style. It's like he's worried that people won't get the pun, and he's like, look, it's a pun. Well, Bono isn't a funny man. I, th- I think he is. Although I imagine, I imagine here that basically what he's doing is um, because I read capitals as like it's like someone shouting. So, for example, in this John Lennon one, it's like I surrendered to George Harrison's "What is life?" 
all things were past my ass. So maybe he's. I do that. When people message me at work and uh, they put it in capitals, my my immediate reply is stop shouting. Um, You should read it. Read all these with like a Matt Berry sort of style voice. Was like, and yes, Ringo's version of "With a little help from my friends" is still my favorite. Lady Gaga. Lady Jaja. (laughs) She's on here, isn't she? Is she? I've not seen that one. Yeah, she is um, born this way, and I think, I think that's another one of the ones that. I think it reflects uh, that diversity that Bono's really been trying to get across on on here. Yeah, so he said, Dear Lady Lady Gaga, on first hearing this, I knew, like everyone, how clear the concept was and that the chorus would be one of those. It was on the second listen I realised the lyrical power of the setup lines, God makes no mistakes. And I think um, it's the influence of songs like this, like Born This Way. Do, do you, are you aware of the song? Born This Way? Yeah. Could you like? So you've never heard Lady Gaga before. All right, okay. Um, right. I think that song though is it's the first song I thought of was was Blackout. I thought this is it's that kind of thing that Bon has been listening to, and he's gone to producers and said something like this would be good you know and then you end up with songs like blackout and i think that's great i'm not saying there's a a direct thing there i'm just saying that that was what came into my head straight away i i I would have to go away and listen to the songs properly to hear that well have a look and see what you think um what else did you want to talk about oh we should talk about uh craftwork and neon lights um Sadly, Florian died a few weeks ago. Yeah, weirdly, quite soon after our our review. Um, I've heard it was our review that did it. <laughs> um, there, yeah, well, well, there we go. It's very sad, um, and uh, just a, a legend, really. There's nothing much more to say. I, I posted one of my favourite, most beautiful Kraftwerk songs, uh, Franz Schubert, on 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 Twitter, and and just listened to it and thought well he was he was a great guy who cared a lot about sound so it's very very sad yeah i i was gen because this this kind of thing happens to me um obviously because we'd so recently covered uh, craft work on on tumble i was naturally going through you know other bits of 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 um with craft works back catalog mm. But it's not the first time that as I'm really becoming invested in an artist that they suddenly pop the clogs. And it's... Mm. it's When has that happened elsewhere? Have you got any other examples? uh, Robin Williams. um, uh, Throughout my... I was doing my Masters in Creative Writing as... uh, from September 2013 to September 2014. Uh, and Robin Williams died in August 2014. And for that year, there was many times where I would be in the library, not getting anything done. Um, so I would put on like a Robin Williams interview with Parkinson or Jonathan Ross or Graham Norton uh, or, you know, David Letterman, any any of, any of those, those guys, or watch his stand-up. And mm. I always felt that Robin Williams' stand-up was never really appreciated in the UK. Um, but I really liked it and really, it, I really enjoyed it. So for about a year, 
before his death, I was really overindulging in everything Robin Williams, watching his movies, uh, watching his stand-up, watching his, his interviews, and really trying to get a, an insight into him. And then he died, like, two or three weeks before I handed in my, my final uh, assignment. And it was really strange. After after a year of hardcore fandom, I suppose. Hmm. So um, that that's the, that's the the big one. But I I know that there's there's been a few in the past where I, su- I suddenly start getting start getting into them, um, you know, and they they either get taken to court for various misdemeanors or they they die. I don't know which is preferable, if I'm honest, these days. Um, well, on on the Kraftwerk letter, just having a look through it now. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were getting a little bit off tangent. Um, On the Kraftwerk letter, I think this is interesting. I've been a fan for a long time now. Like so many, I heard Autobahn and Trans Europe Express and was intrigued. But the man machine stole my heart as well as my mind. So I think, A, well done us for doing for picking that Kraftwerk album to do on, on Tumble. If we get, give ourselves yet another pat, pat on the it back. It wasn't an obvious choice, that, or anything, was it? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I gave Ali a copy to romance her on her 17th birthday in 1978. Neon Lights is a song that brought into being a future that has now become so familiar, and it's easy to forget just how strange it was. This perfectly constructed pop song, all the space around the notes, yeah, all that stuff I was talking about before, so thematic, so memorable, are the melodies and the words. I think it's just, um, it's, it's a great letter, and it, it really sums up what, what a, a, an album entering in your life at that early time can can do and it can sort of resonate with you and stay with you and i also just i forgot i completely forgot that in manchester um our like shared city or fair city um i forgot about the public enemy big audio dynamite and Kraftwerk and u2 on the bill that going back to our magic ticket Stop days yeah, exactly, and um, that's where they went out in that in that boat as, and really got got stuck in with all the the nuclear protesting stuff. That would have been one of the gigs that I would really like to go back. I might even rescind my Zoo TV ticket from our live season of Review Two and and go back and go to the Sellafield gig cause if if it means whoa, I can whoa, watch all of those other acts too. as well. It's not, it's not, you know, it's it's a magic ticket, but it's not a miracle ticket. No, I would get to see them, wouldn't I? No, 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 it's a U two ticket. Oh God! Um, no, then I wouldn't. I would. I would just stick with probably just stick with Zoo TV. So, what other ones do you want to talk about? Just, just to finish off on Craftwork, uh, a portrait of a metropolis somewhere in the world. Now we were talking, you know, about cityscapes, and we were being kind of, uh, we were, we were trying not to, you know, really say it was this city or that city, but a really. It really liked the the idea of Bono saying a portrait of a metropolis somewhere. It's kind of like that Simple Minds idea, someone somewhere in summertime. I love well, the the vagueness of it. And it's that thing that the the little bit of suggestion in the lyrics is pushed so much further by the the sound and the music being incredible. If you just look at the lyrics on the page, you think, all right, fine. But then, I mean, for Metropolis, the the song off Man Machine is literally just Metropolis. Um, so you wouldn't really do very much with it, but it's about the music pushing you into that that area. Same thing with Simple Minds as well. Uh, do the Lou Reed one, Satellite of Love. Satellite of Love? Yeah. I don't have too much to say about that because I've never really got into Lou Reed. Really? That's interesting. 
it's just... You see, he is somebody that I see as a genius. Somebody that I'm not overly, you know, invested in, but somebody who I can just go, no, okay. It's like a, a Jimi Hendrix kind of figure. It's like, I know how good he was, but I don't need to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm also, I mean, for somebody who quite likes guitarists, and I even like, I've listened to more Joe Satriani than I have Jimi Hendrix, which is probably an absolute horror thing to say. But I'm, I'm, yeah, Hendrix, he's he's all right, but he's, he's never really connected with me. And same thing with with Lou Reed. So obviously the imp, the influence is there. But you know, I think it's all about uh, songcraft and songwriting for for myself and and Lou Reed. Um, I just thought that might be an interesting one for you, you know to discuss because of how much of a part Satellite Love played in um, Zoo TV. Yeah, it was cool and it was innovative. I, I, To be honest, I prefer the updating of that idea with them singing to the actual astronaut on the 360 tour. That, to me, was was the coolest way of doing that. Oh, there's so many things wrong with that show. <laughs> I, I... And me, me and Mad Flea were talking about this. Hello, Mad Flea. Um, you Together at Home isn't going on anymore because we ran out of DVDs. Um, but it, it's funny when you go through and you watch those shows in such close proximity that you realise there isn't a bad U2 show, you know, released on on DVD. It's just better some- and worse. Well, something some some will offer you something that others don't, and they're all kind of unique. Like the innocence and experience in Paris is really unique because of what had happened in Paris several weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, and uh, elevation is is different because it's so far away from Pop Mart. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zoo TV, you can say the same because it's so far away from the Love Town tour and the Joshua Tree tour. Red Rocks because it almost didn't happen and the, the sort of get into it was a shambles. Yeah, there's a story to all of them. And I think my problem with 360 is there's not really a story to it. Apart there could have the been, op- though. There could have been, the, if they'd followed this space thing through a bit more, and <laughs> then it would have been perfect. But let's not, let's not just rehash our... Very familiar. No, but but what I'm that. what I'm saying about that is the 360. It's a great rock show. It is fantastic as a rock show. But in terms of you uh, two live shows, almost have this movie quality to it, where there's a story, a yep. beginning, a middle, and an end. And with that show, it's just a show. It's just a gig. It's not. It, it doesn't have an emotional depth. Maybe it does if you were there, but. It doesn't. It doesn't have this story holding it all together. Well, no, I agree, and I think the the proximity to a story, you know, like the the closeness. Like if they'd just gone with this a little bit more, and with the space stuff particularly, then I think it would have it, it could have worked. Mm. But there we go. One thing I really I really did want to talk about is the bittersweet symphony uh, 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 song by yeah, the Verve. I'm, I'm actually on that one. And um, fun fact, the Verve formed at the college I went to, Winstonley College, and later worked at as well. So um, just a little fun fact there, lives crossing. I was not there while while the band were there, obviously, because they're a bit older than me. But they went to my college and formed there. So, you know, <laughs> greats are born from Winstonley College. So the, the town that myself and Johnny grew up in, in, in Wigan, is the hometown of the Verve. Um, 
and they were very, very big in the 90s and uh, Richard Ashcroft is still a very interesting artist to, to go away and listen to. The last two albums of his I really, really adore. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's a, it's a little link uh, from Bono to, to my hometown. There's also uh, there's, there's, um, there's bigger artists that didn't make this list as well. I mean, I don't good. think, I'm just checking now, but the Killers didn't make this list, for example, and you think, surely that's an obvious one to to do. I think they got over, I think Bono got over 50% of Tummel. <laughs> well, well done, Bono. Which is Bono. interesting, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's really nice, because like, let, let me uh, just describe this. So, the Verve grew up in our hometown, the same hometown that me and Johnny share, and it's insane to think that two people who really walked around the same streets that you did um uh, not not two people four people uh, four people it says five it says, people five it says five here yeah five uh, five people that walked to the same streets that you did have been written a letter by your favorite person on the planet Bono's uh, not my favorite person on the planet Miley Cyrus <laughs> definitely not um mm. no the edge Musically, yeah. is, but you know, it's just it's just nice to be considered. You know, is is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool little thing, and I like how he's he's not been patronising with any of these um, any of these letters. He's he's telling real anecdotes and quotes and stuff like that. I mean, I'll just read a little bit of this thing. So he says, uh, somehow I feel we are connected. When you dedicated this song to our group, a little beat combo from Dublin at your gig in the Olympia last year, it meant everything. So I think that's that's really nice, and they didn't even meet up. So it it seems like this is one that it, it doesn't have to be a monumental meeting, but it's still an appreciation. And also, it is a fantastic song. Yes, overplayed to death. Yes, there's better Verve songs, but occasionally these the songs do hit you in 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 between the eyes. G- guess which song actually on that note really one of the most uncool on this on this list, right? One of these songs actually like hit me right between the eyes, and I was not expecting it at all, and made me feel insanely emotional and nostalgic. You can take oh. your time and have a look, but um, and it's one of the most like goofy and uncool songs on there. While Tyler's watching, I'll just fill. Um, lots of people on this list. We've got uh, David Bowie. We've got. Uh, Simple Minds, we've got Nick Cave, lots of people, lots of big artists from around the globe. Have you, have you, have you got some guesses, Tyler? You can have three guesses. Um, I'm hoping it's not Coldplay. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, I, I think Clocks is a really bad choice. But is is it one of our Tummel? Nope, bands definitely. No, not. right, okay, that 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 does narrow it down. Do you think just a side note, and I don't want to talk about Coldplay too much because we've already done that, but do you not think Clocks is quite a is is a really bad like it would not be my no, I think it's I think it's amazing live. I ah. think it is it is one of it's so rhythmic yet seems chaotic. You know the ba da 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 very aware of it. And as you as you're in the stadium, it just completely. It, 
I'm I'm not going to say it's like like where the streets have no name, but as you listen to it, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing, this is fantastic. Maybe I would um, get it live. I just think it's. I mean, and again, it's not Coldplay's fault, but it's just been overplayed to death. And there's I, so many. And there are so songs. many. There are so many Coldplay songs. Um, I barely. I I very rarely listen to Coldplay now, uh, but I I would I would go and see them in a heartbeat because I know I'm going to be entertained. Um, is it is it Frank and Bono? Is it what? Sorry. Frank and Bono. No, I'd not listened to that for ages as well. Also, quite funny, the sheer number of appearances Bono makes on his own list. It's a bit like, <laughs> you know, when people... But did you not know that Bono was slightly big-headed? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like, you know, when people go on Desert Island Discs, and uh, imagine <laughs> yeah. if Bono's like, well, firstly, I'll be taking the Streets of No Name, uh, then, you know, I'll take The Unforgettable Fire. It's surprising, but I guess it's a way of paying tribute to moments like him singing with Pavarotti. I rewatched I re- that as well, and it was it was incredible. I still forget, A, how good at Italian he is. I mean, that's from someone who doesn't speak Italian, but I presume he's good because he, he sounds good. And also just how great of a singer he is slash was then. Montovelli. Uh, so Last is guess. It, is it the Bee Gees and Immortality? Definitely not. No, and I thought it was a, like a no, no, definitely not. I I, okay. I didn't enjoy that. I, that's the first time I've ever heard that song, and it will be the last time I've ever heard that song. Have you listened to all of these then? Yeah, because oh. I'm a I'm a I'm a brilliant U2 fan. Well, go on. What? what? Oh, was. you got to get what you give. Yay! There you go. Yes, it was. Oh yes, what a tune. Do you know what? I I've been thinking about this person uh, from from my high school days actually and we we were at a party i think we were celebrating our uh you know passing gcse's 16 um leaving leaving high school yep and this song came on and i remembered it from the 90s and just like and it's like oh my god have i not listened to this song every single day of my life i remember it you know so so well and i had to ask who it was and uh it was the new radicals and what a tune. It is a tune. It, it really got me. I was. I think the thing is, I've been listening to this. I basically go for a little run and listen to half an hour or so of these songs and then pick it up next time. And I was coming back knackered as it's hot and I'm unfit. And this came on, instant boost of adrenaline. And it's so dramatically uncool these days, that song. But it was so, it's so powerful. It's so deeply embedded in that late nineties yeah. scene, pop scene as well, because it it was a yeah it was a really it was a really big hit, but a relatively unknown band. And it it makes sense now, like a lot of these songs. Once you listen to them, you think, of course, Bono likes this. Not just the lyrics, but all the the sound around it and the the ambition of it and the the sort of openness to it. I mean, if you look at the lyrics, I'm not going to sing them, but the lyrics, don't let go, you've got the music in you, one dance left, this world is going to pull, me through, is going to pull through, don't give up, you've got a reason to live, can't forget, we only get what we give. It's exactly the kind of big, but, but very well put and economical lyrics that Bono himself would write. So you can tell that this, this sort of thing might have been rattling around his head in the formative stages of things like Oh You Can't Leave Behind, for example. And they were only together a, a couple of years as well. Well, I think uh, it's the new, mainly... The new Radicals. From what I can tell, the the guy, the main guy who I've forgotten the name of, I think he was sort of the the real influence and he's gone on to be a really successful producer. Or Greg Alexander. Probably, yeah, it sounds right. Let's have a look. What is he, 50 now? <laughs> 
<laughs> this, this is this show has degenerated into not being a proper show anymore. Oh, we so we co-penned songs for Begin Again, which is a John Carney film starring Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. Have you seen that one? Is John Carney the same guy who wrote Sing Street? Yeah, and once. I've not no, so I'll, I'll I might check that out because I because yeah. Sing Street's one of my favorite ever films. Just a reminder: if anyone's not seen that, go and watch it. I would watch the film and then look into the backstory. That is the way I would do that. Sure. Okay. Um, don't go doing research about you know behind the scenes kind of things until afterwards. I feel I feel that's a warning you have to give these days. Um, but yeah, I really I really recommend uh, Begin Again. I really recommend Once. I-, I recommend any John Carney film. He is fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, he- his track record is with Sing Street. I'm obviously going to like it. So what does he say about uh, you got to get get Daddy Uncool? All right. Uh, let's have a look. I'm bouncing around between a lot of different documents here. So, right. Oh yeah, dear Greg. Glorious spirit, guileless man, there you are, singing yourself out your skin. And there I was with my broken body after some bruising encounter. A New Year's Eve with my daughter of the same name asking me to fix things as a stereo had frozen at 12 bells. Silence following screaming as she and her sister Jordan waited with her friends for the funky clutch that is Sister Sledge's We Are Family. Sorry, We Are Family! Waiting to lift off into a 70s-themed post-midnight melee with big hair and big bad bass lines. So I think the whole point of this story, I'm not going to read it all because it's long. I think the whole point is the sound system broke and the song that came back on then seemed to be this song. It randomly selected a song that's so transcendent, Bono says, it could breathe life into any dead air, which is is how I felt when I when I listened to it. Yeah, I, I like that Bono refers to himself as Daddy Uncool in that. Well, I think that, that fits with the song as well because it, no one could ever say, uh, do you know who my uh, my favourite band are? They're this uh, little band called the New Radicals. <laughs> Wouldn't actually get you many many cool points, but I don't care. It's it's a great song. I think that's a, a hipster choice completely. Well, maybe it's so uncool that it's cool now, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, How would you have reacted if Bono uh, um, referred to himself as... Ted Talk Bono, or Embarrassing Dad Bono. Well, Embarrassing Dad is, is is a bit general. Ted Talk Bono is pretty specific to to our podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's listened to the podcast, but it would be nice to think he maybe maybe had heard it at some point. All right, so what other songs do you want to talk about? Um, a few interesting ones. Um, I don't really get Bob Dylan, and, and as I think you said early on, I mean, beyond the obvious like big main hits, I had I've got the best of uh, and. You know, which is about twenty tracks, and all of them are very well known. But I think, like you said once, you don't really know where to start with Dylan because he's got such a huge back catalogue. But I listen to this song most of the time, and it's glorious. It's so good. So if you've not had a listen to that yet, then I would really heavily recommend that. I think from what I from what I can tell, the album Oh Mercy that it came from was a bit of a renaissance from a, a bad run of form for um, old Bob Dylan. But this song, most of the time, is just incredible. It sounds so good. I think it's Danny Lanois who's 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 um, to credit for that that production quality. So check that out if you've not if you've not listened to Bob Dylan for a while. I thought of a good nickname for Lanois the other day. Go on, Danois. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, it's good. It's economical. I wonder if he's ever been called that. 
If anyone knows, um, <laughs> if uh, Danwa is listening, Danny, if you're listening, sorry, Danwa, yeah, if you're listening, then um, then let us know at review. Uh, sorry, at rev underscore you too. Can't even get the name of our own podcast right. The other one that I liked and really enjoyed listening to again was "Into My Arms" by Nick Cave. It's it's a song that's it's probably his best song, and Bono's written. I, th- I think "Oh Children" is his best song. Well, let's not let's not quibble about that. But it's 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 a it's a classic, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Bono talks about the death of our innocence, and he says, "I'm personally fine with that. If innocence is the naivety that whispers everything is going to be okay and shields us from taking responsibility for our actions or inactions." then let's replace that whisper with a shout of don't agonise, organise. I think that's a nice way of reading this song. And it's interesting because that song begins, you know, I don't believe in an interventionist God. It's so far away from Bono's Christianity in some ways because he... What a hook that first line is as well. Yeah, you're going to think, I want to hear where this is going if you've never heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's this guy with these crazy opinions? Um, it's such a brave way to start an album it is yeah because you can imagine some people being like right we're turning that off i don't care how nice his plinkety plonkety piano is but it's it's incredible that song and it's it's nice to know again that there is such flexibility if i think it's so easy to just say bono's a christian therefore he believes this because well you don't know what he believes and it might be a lot more flexible than what you what you're thinking so yeah i I think it's such a such a beautiful song and also I'd, i'd i'd not this led me down a little bit of a, a rabbit hole, but I'd not realised that Cave performed the song at Michael Hutchins' funeral. I don't know if you knew, knew about that, but he asked... All I didn't the, know. I wasn't asked, invited. Well, what a surprise. But he, he requested all the cameras um, recording the service, which was being recorded properly, to be switched off, which I think was... It's a nice a nice touch, really. Again, it's 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 not a moment that's meant to go on, up on YouTube. It's It's a moment that's meant to be just for that person and I, th- I think that was a really nice thing to do uh, i don't know i don't know if i agree with that what because you want to be able to watch the video of it there's something about sharing that grief which i agree with um i, I assume you've at some point seen the uh peter oh god no graham chapman a memorial service where the pythons yeah, all we've, get up we've and... even talked about it on the podcast Oh, have we? Have we really? Um, I kind of like that I can share in that. Well, yeah, but it was only for one. It was only for one song, so I understand what you mean. Yeah, because it's nice to share these. I, I, I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm in. I'm in two minds about it. Uh, I think these things should be private, but also people who care enough thirty years after someone's died mm. <laughs> to feel sad about something like that over you know someone they obviously never met then. Uh, then they should be almost allowed the the the, the they've earned the right to uh, to grieve and share in that that memory. I think. Also, sorry to interrupt this um, very poignant and thoughtful thought, but there is a in excess 4K DVD Blu-ray thingy, me Bob, that's being released soon, and it's been so incredibly well restored. It gives me hope that we might be be getting similar things at some point in the future of U2's gigs, you know, really, when you see how so, well so restored what, it is. What, what's this, sorry? It's called, I think it's called In Excess, um, something like oh. Live, or, and I can't remember what it is exactly, but basically if you have a look, obviously not now, but if you have a look, it, there's a trailer for it during the rounds where they show you how painstaking the process has been, 
and how good it sounds comparatively. And I think it, you're used to just seeing 90s or 80s DVDs and just thinking, God, concerts were rubbish back then. No, you can't hear anything and everything looks bad. But obviously it's the equipment. The, the gig was incredible at the time. So yeah. um, that's just something to, to look out for. I'm not getting paid anything from NXS's uh, estate there. That's just my own personal recommendation. I have been annoyed in the past, like how different the sound can be depending where you're standing, and even in a small theatre. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you went watching someone like you too, they're gonna they can afford to like make sure they've got the best sound system, so that you know it doesn't matter if you're standing on the roof, you're getting a really good show. Yeah. Uh, but I remember going watching editors uh, i saw them twice on the same tour about 2010 one of the times you were with me and the other other time i was right down the front with all the cool kids and um it really bothered me the difference in sound by what is effectively 20 feet of space so you're saying the gig i went to wasn't as good the sound quality where we were stood wasn't as good i thought it was Uh, good but obviously you were able to make the comparison yeah, when you're like right, you know, uh, right down the front, center on the barrier, it was, it was alive. It was, it was so impressive. Well, maybe we'll do um, do editors at some point. Although they've not made the list um, for Bono here. No, naughty Bono, naughty Bono. Right, uh, we've been going for about an hour. So we should probably do uh, our last couple. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk too much more about about the list. Um, a few things that I thought were interesting. His letter to David Bowie. He picked heroes, and and actually Bowie got two tracks, which is quite impressive. Again, I bet the killers are furious, but there we go. Bowie's got two <laughs> tracks here, very different tracks. But he said here. Um, I was thinking today that one of the many gifts David gave a lot of us early on was the gift of being someone else. It's that Oscar Wilde quote. Give the man a mask and he will tell you the truth. I took a new name and opted for an exaggerated version of myself to deal with being on a stage. I think that's a nice, I mean, obviously a simplified, but a very nice way of seeing that character of Bono coming out and how he managed to establish that and got away from being Paul. Oh, that's an interesting. So are these Bono's letters or Paul's letters? Oh God, let's not get down this minefield again. I'm saying the Bono's letters. Paul's letters are probably more to do with like just day-to-day things, you know, like to the milkman or something. Two pints of skimmed, uh, one <laughs> bottle of orange juice, etc. <laughs> and, and a USB stick for the edge. <laughs> well, that's not going to go very far on some cornflakes. Um, <laughs> I like I like the fact that um, he begins a Simple Minds letter for New Gold Dream, which we covered on Tummel. With dear simpletons, I'm I'm sure they're really happy about that. <laughs> well, I'm sure Jim Kerr's a good a good sport. Without the album New Gold Dream, I don't believe there would have been Unforgettable Fire or A Joshua Tree. Charlie and Mick, you access this ecstatic music, and Jim had the poetry to paint the picture. And it seems like I bet they're gutted, aren't they? <laughs> gutted about what? Oh, <laughs> without you, there wouldn't be a. An unforgettable fire or a Joshua tree, and if only we'd done another album, they wouldn't have had that great album in the back catalogue. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, yeah, it was a complicated point. <laughs> well, there's, there's room enough for everyone, so I don't think I've got anything more to say. I mean, obviously, there's some great choices on here. There's things that we might do eventually. We've got Arcade Fire, 
we've got rem new order some fantastic artists but i don't want to bore everyone um so is there anything else you wanted to say about the actual letters tyler no so it's it's really interesting for me there are some of these songs on here which i had no idea I knew Bono was a fan of David Bowie and Simple Minds and NXS and Nirvana and Elvis Presley and all these people, but when when you see see a letter about a song that also means a lot to you, like Heroes, I mean, I there's I love David Bowie and I love going back and finding deep cuts and really trying to find my own image of David Bowie, but Heroes is something. I just, it's so impressive the way it sounds. It's such a great pop song. It's so well written. If you have a look at the Wikipedia on that as well, you can get some interesting information about how they recorded. I think Tony Visconti's got a lot of of credit for this, or should get credit for this, to do with them putting microphones at really far distances, you know, to avoid that that having to lean back from the microphone. You know, when he starts to, he moves his register up to a more shouting register. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, it's, so it's still at the same volume. Yeah, exactly. And so he yeah. doesn't have to. He can just focus on being passionate about the singing, not worry about practicalities of mic management. Yeah, my, my point though was it's just it's just nice to know that Bono feels the same way about some songs that we do. It's kind of a, a U two connection that he couldn't really have harvested. Yeah, it does make you feel good, doesn't it? I mean, on a really just selfish level, when I saw that it was. Um, New Gold Dream, which is, I mean, an obvious choice. It's the it's the the title track off one of the most famous albums. But eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, eighty four. Well, you yeah, you can you can really be happy and know that uh, at some point Bono has screamed that out just the same way that 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 you or I have done when you've been listening to it and thinking this is such an incredible song. So there's that that connection, isn't there? Yeah, I think there's some really strong choices, and I think going away and really spending some time with these letters particularly the, with the the songs that you you already know uh it's really gonna encourage and elaborate on that connection you you feel with with bono because I, I do think this is a look behind the sunglasses yeah exactly so maybe you'll go and listen to them now well i've heard a lot of them before <laughs> that's true as i said so... I've, I've i've no need to listen to um Sound of Silence or Chasing Pavements or... I would love to hear a YouTube version of Sound of Silence. I'd love to hear him do a YouTube version of all of these. What, even Clocks? Well, everything would be the same apart from the vocals. Oh, we have to talk about um, Bruce Springsteen, There Goes My Miracle. Now, when I first heard this song, and I know you won't have heard this, Johnny, but it's a very recent one in the last year or so, right? Um, When I first heard Bruce Springsteen, singing there goes my miracle i laughed out loud because it's bruce springsteen actually 100 percent singing for the first time in his career and rather than just sort of speaking gruffly yeah and when and when you're not used to that and you're you don't expect that it is so funny it's so it's so brilliant and and i think it is a great song and i think bono is is really right he says it's the best singing and uh and uh, best songwriting of his career um, and and, it, and it's it's just really interesting because it, it sounds like a different genre than than what you're used to, the boss singing. Mm. I really encourage you to go go away and listen. I wish we did it live on the episode because I I think if we could record it, you, you would be in in tears and uh, <laughs> that, it that'd would be go a good viral. podcast then, wouldn't it? It's me crying. <laughs> 
um, but a really, really, really good song. Um, and I'm glad that that made the cut because that's a really new song, and I mean that that's properly, properly new. I'll I'll have a listen, and obviously when we eventually, quite a while off now, some months off, but eventually when lockdown finishes and we can actually do our Springsteen episode. Then I'll, yeah. I'll be getting into that, and I'll, I'll take some recommendations um, because I'm still not that clued up on the boss. So any any recommendations that people want to send me, very particularly ones that you think, ah, well, you know, that's more in my ballpark, or that's more U two ish than the usual stuff that he writes about getting out of one horse towns on a big old Cadillac or whatever the hell he writes about. You know, that that would be great. Yeah. Uh, so um, this is only the third edition of Review Two to hit you this year. Um, next time round, we're, we're here with review two. I would like to do melon. Oh, you're ambushing uh, me on the podcast, so I ha- so I have to say, yeah, that's a good idea. It's summer. Come on, we've got to do these bright, colourful things. Oh, I'll remind you once again. Last time we did a B side or like mixy type thing, you lost the will to live. We we've had suggestions for million dollar hotel. I mean, that's possibly even even less attractive of a prospect to me because I really hate the song Heartbreak. Uh, the you know the room at the Heartbreak Hotel, the U two one. I can't understand why people like that's it. That's not on there, is it? It must be. No, the Million Dollar Hotel. What you know, the film that oh, Grow Beneath right. Your Feet. Oh, the was written sorry, for. right? Yeah, um, yeah, maybe there's some decent songs on that. That's that's an interesting idea. Well, why don't you stick up a Twitter poll at some point and say which one people want to do. To sum up, coming soon, future editions of Review 2, where we'll talk about something to do with you too. <laughs> I'm surprised you've not done a side podcast all about those little vertigo key rings that you were so interested on on Twitter. All right, Johnny, this is the first time we've talked about this, so clearly you've seen what I've posted on Twitter, made no comment to me about it until now. What's your problem with the key rings? <laughs> Nothing at all, it's just very niche. But... Um... I had two of the same keyring, and I was wondering if there was any explanation for the difference. You know, if it's a different factory, a different, you know, producer, what? One looks significantly cheaper than the other. I want basically want to know if one is a fake. Well, shout out to Mark at Scouseman Blue for having a little chat with you about that. Just looking at the Twitter now. Yeah, huge shout out to all of our Twitter followers. They've been amazing lately. They they really have. They have been good. They've kept they've kept me saying I mean, just to just to have that connection with other people and to see to see that people have opinions on stuff and and it's just nice to be able to indulge in some form of connection with a wider group of people, to be honest. Do you know, do you know what I find ludicrous about the whole thing? They seem to respect or see us as people who know something about music. And we don't see ourselves as that. Certainly not. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting to, to have that have that interaction with people where they're, they're asking our, our opinion as if it um, means anything. Well, speaking of which, I did put out a call when we first decided we'd do this. I said, how did everyone else enjoy Bono's playlist? Any surprises? Did anyone basically find something or reappreciate something like I did with with the new um new radicals and i said here that i think style wise in terms of his writing he's managed a satisfying balance of heartfelt honesty and the usual big broad bono statements um and some people were agreeing some people were disagreeing Stephen O'Regan 
uh, he said that he thought the choices were pretty broad and there was an element of having to get certain friends in. I think that's true. I mean, obviously, it would be a little bit embarrassing if he missed some people off. And I reckon there's probably maybe a couple of ruffled feathers out there, but, you know. Well, like Brandon Flowers. Well, yeah, I mean, he's livid, isn't he? Old um, Flandon. But, yeah, and Stephen said he would like to have seen some more nuance in the choices. And I get that. There are a lot of quite obvious ones here. But then, by the same token, I suppose, sometimes... It, 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 the track itself that really does stick with you, like say something like Heroes, maybe that is the one that's the one that's the, the biggest. Yeah, a, a, an omission that I'm really happy about uh, is Inhaler. Yeah, that would be a bit nepotistic. Although I've been really enjoying yeah. Inhaler, and I think that might be a good future Tumble episode. Well, to it do. took you long enough. Well, it, it's good to give things time to percolate. I'm not just going to jump on the bandwagon and say, "Oh yeah, they're fantastic," just because it's Bono's kid. Huge shout out to Stephen O'Regan, as Johnny just said. Uh, he's currently working on a uh, a documentary of U2's early years, which is uh, uh, U2 in Bono's own words. Uh, I think it's a fantastic little project that he's that he's working on, and I hope it goes somewhere. Um, and I'm I'm really happy that he keeps sending me the little uh, rushes to 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 watch. Yeah, they've been they've been um, great. Uh, it, I, I, really, there's only about 15 minutes of this documentary so far, and it's uh, it's hypnotic. Let me let me tell it's gotta you, it's got to be it's got to uh, be a labor so, of love, though, isn't it? So yeah, shout out Stephen yeah. for doing that. We will uh, we'll keep uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date with the progress of that, and I really hope it uh, gets some steam behind it and and goes somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be fantastic. Ian Walker has said that the list lacked ABBA. I'm suspicious, he says, of anyone who makes a heartfelt This Is Me mixtape or playlist that doesn't include at least one ABBA song. Uh, so I was going to ask you, Tyler, what would be your ABBA song that you would include if you had to on your on your list? Mine would be Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh... Just, it's just so brilliantly produced and it's got so much going on. Um, I'm going to have to cheat. I'm going to have to look at, a, at ABBA Gold here. God, just say Dancing um... Queen and we'll move on. Just give me a minute. It's only eight letters. Well, well, while Tyler's looking that up, um, I should also mention Mark Gormo, who has said, I quite liked his full Irish playlist from his RTE interview a few days before his birthday. I actually prefer it, to be honest. And I think I will be checking that out soon. I wasn't actually aware of that at all until Mark um, pointed, pointed it out. So I'm definitely going to have a look at that as well. So cheers, cheers for bringing that up. Have you got your ABBA song yet, Tyler? Yeah, I think it's Dancing Queen. <laughs> You'd be Dancing Queen. And lastly, Sid Sadowski. Um, I think this is a really nice thing to to end on. The letters stand alone as wonderful pieces of work, so typically fan-like. Almost unable to say what they want to say, but entirely hitting the nail on the head with a mix of poetry, melody, story, and chaos. I think that's very beautifully written, and yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a really nice way to sum up and maybe get us to move on to our little letters. Yes, okay. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, I'll happily go first. I'm reading from something I've already written down, which, ironically enough, makes it harder for me to read usually, so bear with me and we'll see how it goes. These are not particularly long, so I didn't think I wanted to write, you know, gush for 12 pages, but there we go. And um, bear in mind, when I wrote this, I thought that I was being really unique by focusing on the idea of joy, um, but Bono himself did that in the intro to the thing, so I'm a bit of an idiot. Dear lads, it's probably excessive to write a letter in addition to the 30-odd episodes of Review 2 that we've already recorded. But I also think it's excessive... And the rest. 
Why are you interrupting my my letter? This is meant to be heartfelt. There should be some sort of gentle violin music under this. All right, all right, start again. No, 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 carry on. But I also think it's excess that means some people don't get you to the way us fans do. From boy to songs of experience, your music hasn't just expressed, but overflowed with heart, yearning and joy. For me, that final thing, joy, is possibly the defining quality of what you do and why I always come back to your songs. The defiant joy of rejoice. The technical joy of even better than the real thing. The unconquerable, all-forgiving, all-embracing joy of love is bigger. In an age like ours, so full of misery, hatred and tribalism, many people don't know what to do with such big, open-hearted qualities as your band has. It's somewhat contradictory that I'm a pessimist by nature, and yet my favourite band surges with optimism. I've always struggled to find and inhabit a sense of unaffected, kind and uncompromising joy. I'm still trying, and your songs have always lit my way. Cheers, Johnny. That's it. Are you crying? Are you shedding a tear? Yeah, let's go with that. Um, right, so um, I'll read mine, shall I? Yeah, go on. Well, Johnny, I'm afraid I had to change the rules a little bit because one letter just seemed uh, too limited of a word count for me. So I've actually, I've actually done 26. Uh, so here we go. This is this is for Bono. Dear Bono, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. K-L-M-N-O-P Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z Sincerely, Tyler of Review 2 So that's it for another edition of Review 2. Thank you very much again for joining us. We will be back very, very soon. But for the latest information, please follow us on Twitter at Rev underscore U2. It is the best place to find out all you need to know about what is coming up with Review 2 and Tummel. From myself, Tyler, thank you very much and goodbye. Johnny? See you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 you or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.